that that is your prayer that in my life, my heart and my church, the Lord will be glorified. Amen. What a great, great little course it is. Well, let's stand if you will and uh, we're going to uh, just sing a little bit tonight, I think. Amen. And uh, maybe I'll preach a little bit. I've always wanted to preach a short message. You know, I did one time. I'll be honest about it. I did one time in homiletics. Had 12 minutes. And uh, I had to read scripture, so that even cut down more, boy. And every every second you went over, it drops grade. So I had I couldn't I couldn't afford to miss any anything on that one. Amen. Praise God. Brother Tony, come lead us in prayer, and then lead us to the song. Let's pray, Father. I thank you for the day, Lord. I thank you for being so good to us, yes. Lord, for all that you do, Lord, all the blessings and the benefits that, uh, Lord, we experience every day. Father, as a child of God, Lord, the things that we have right now, Lord, the things that lies ahead, Father, the things that haven't even entered the heart of man, yes. Lord, that what lies ahead for those who love the Lord. And yes. Father, I thank you, Lord, that I'm part of the family of God, Amen. Lord, not because of me, Father, but because of yes. the Lord Jesus Christ yes. and his love, his willingness, Lord, to die in my stead, to take my place. Father, I thank you so much tonight for salvation. Father, now, Lord, we need to hear from you tonight. Father, I pray, Lord, that as we open up the word of God, Lord, again, I pray that we'll meet you. Father, that you'll meet us. And, Lord, that uh, you'll have uh, the Holy Spirit will have free reign, free will to move in each heart. The Lord Jesus Christ will be high and lifted up. And God the Father will be honored and glorified in all that we do. And, Lord, we give you the praise for it all. It's in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Take your hymnal. Go to page 586. 586. We'll sing verses 1, 2, and 4. 1, 2, and 4. Down at the cross where my Savior Down went from cleansing from sin I cried There to my heart was the blood applied Oh, 
invitation right there in that song to come to the Lord Jesus, isn't it? Uh, Old precious fountain that saves from sin. <laughs> and then he says in verse number four, come to this fountain so rich and sweet. Cast thy poor soul at the Savior's feet. Plunge in today and be made complete. Glory to his name. Boy, if you don't know the Lord Jesus, today's the day of salvation. Amen. And so um, we're going to the Lord in prayer for the offering. And how about Brother uh, Terry lead us in prayer for the offering, would you please, sir? Yes. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes. Amen. Page 590, 590 there in your hymnal. Just remain seated and we'll sing verses 1, 2, and 5. 1, 2, and 5. What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought Since Jesus came into my heart I have lied in my soul for which long I had sought Since Jesus came into my heart Sin 
you're able, and certainly we want you to be praying for those of our church that are sick, and certainly think of Arnold and Diane, uh, you be praying for them, and uh, we have others, uh, of course, Ms. Donna and uh, loss of Bill, and so be praying for each other, if you will, I want to encourage you to do that. Brother Tony, lead us in a chorus. I'm going to sing the chorus in my life, and we'll sing it through and then shake hands. Take your bulletin, if you would, please. Just a few announcements. Don't forget uh, this couple's retreat um, coming right around the corner. So if you've got any questions about that, we'll try to just make you a little copy of this or uh, I can take a picture and send it to you um, if you don't have it. Do you got, anybody have this that's going on the couple's retreat? Okay. I may need it. Okay. All right. So everybody, everybody needs it. We'll get it to you. Okay. Get some copies and uh, get it to you. Um, we'll look in your bulletin. And so um, if you weren't able to be in that meeting this morning for the missions trip, um, if you can just get with me, I'll just go over a few things with you on that. Um, and then be praying for our rally in the valley on Friday. Brother Steve Pickett will be with us. Excited to have him. And uh, he always keeps us laughing, that's for sure. Uh, when we got to lunch or supper or something like that. But he's a good fella. Looking forward to having him. So be praying for the meeting. And then uh, shower, this uh, bridal shower on Saturday, the 27th at 11 o'clock. And I, is there still a sign-up sheet down here, I think? Yeah, underneath one of the boxes. You can see it there. It's there. So uh, yeah, sign up for your uh, plan on coming to that. 
And then uh, anniversary Sunday, that's next Sunday, uh, 42 years. Boy, that's a, that's a lot to be grateful for. God sure has been good. And sure, sure I'm thankful for Pastor's faithfulness and his family over the years. So uh, be praying for the meeting. Uh, Brother Steve will be staying over. So we'll have a combined Sunday school up here uh, for the teens on up. And um, we'll have all the tables and stuff set up downstairs. And if you could please bring a meat, a side, and a dessert. Not just a meat, not just a side, not just a dessert. A meat, a side, and dessert. That would be helpful. And uh, we'll have a good time of fellowship. And then no PM service. And then um, I wanted to remind you, too, we actually printed some new safety team, safety team schedules. Uh, did a couple of adjustments with a couple of people on there. Uh, nobody's really changed as far as your spot except for two people, and they know about that. But we did print a new schedule to reflect that. And so they're in the lobby there. You can pick those up. And then you see the couples retreat. The Rochester family will be with us uh, the Sunday after the couples retreat on the 4th. Both services, a.m. and p.m. And so uh, we've been uh, playing for, praying for Chloe. Uh, Chloe. I, I want to say Chloe or Coley, but it's Chloe, right? Right. And uh, <clears throat> I've, got, I've got a, a Coley on my bus, and I've got a Chloe on my bus, and uh, then we've got Chloe Rochester. So be praying for her, but this will be a, a good opportunity to encourage them. It was in both services, like I said, and then teachers meeting on the fourth there. Um, and then how many of you guys, if we took the bus to uh, Richmond on that uh, Wednesday the 21st would be, would be interested in going. Maybe not, this is not a commitment to go, but you'd be interested in saying, man, if I could work it out, I'd probably go to that. Oh, it's probably going to be like 11 o'clock rally, so we'd have to leave probably around 9, something like that. I don't know for sure on the times yet, but we're going to put a sign-up sheet. How many of you guys would be interested in going to something like if you could? Anybody? I know a lot of work schedules. Okay. I see a few hands. Okay. All right. All right. We'll keep that in mind, and uh, we'll put up a, uh, I'll dig a little more into it this week. And um, we'll, uh, we'll put it out there and just uh, see what you're able to do. That'll be good, okay? And so that'll be on the 21st. Before that, the Friday before that, um, we're going to have a couple of progressive supper. And we'll say more about uh, the places and all that kind of stuff coming up. And then Brother Byron will be with us for the Valley of the Valley. And then our choir uh, refresher course. Looking forward to all those. Um, we have in there, let's see, what day are we having the Super Sunday? That's the 11th, I think, right? Is that 11th of Sunday? Okay, we, we don't have it in the bulletin. We're going to have a couple of fundraisers this year uh, to try to help us with the mission trip, okay, which is going to be in June. And so the first one is going to be on the 11th. That's a Sunday, okay, it's going to be after church. It's called Super Sunday, S-O-U-P, you getting it? Soup, Super Sunday, okay? So we're going to provide lunch, okay, and we're just going to ask for a donation uh, for people that want to stay for lunch, just to try to help raise a little bit of money for that. And, uh, of course, we'll, we'll have the egg fundraiser for camp, and that'll go towards the, some of the mission trip, too, that the people are working on that. And we'll have another uh, dinner down the road. We'll talk about that later, and then uh, maybe some other things we're going to do. But this will just be the first one to kick off uh, uh, Super Sunday. And um, so we'll have a um, regular Sunday school. We'll have a fellowship uh, after the morning service and no p.m. that day. But uh, it's going to be Super Sunday, S-O-U-P-E-R. So we might ask some of you guys to be making soup. And so uh, to help us out with that, and that would be great. And some things go along with it. So please remember that and maybe write that down. We'll get to the bulletin next week. And then you see those other things there. Happy birthday this week to Miss Jessie and uh, Brother Ryan and Camden has a birthday this week. Congratulations to all these folks. Happy, happy birthday. All right. All right. Why don't you stand with us one more time? And uh, Tony's going to come lead us in one more song. Page 612, 612, verses 1, 2, and 5, 1, 2, and 5. There's within my heart a melody, Jesus whispers sweet and low, fear not I am with thee, peace. 
life's ebb and flow. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. All my life was wrecked by sin and strife, discord filled my heart with pain. Jesus wept across the broken strings, stirred the slumbering chords again. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. Coming back to welcome me, far beyond the starry sky. I shall wing my flight to worlds unknown. I shall reign with Him on high. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing. On the 11th of February, Brother Bob Lee will be with us on Sunday morning, be doing uh, Sunday school here and upstairs for the adults and young adults and teenagers, and then uh, uh, he'll be preaching on Sunday morning. So uh, looking forward to having Brother Bob Lee with us. Uh, Robert E. Lee, all the way from Appomattox, Virginia, amen. And uh, a lot of, I told that to somebody one time, and they said, I ain't no such man around here anymore. I said, oh yeah, it's a preacher named that. Amen. So you remember that. Take your Bibles, Judges chapter 6 tonight. Judges chapter 6. Brother Jared and his daughter's going to sing for us. Amen.
Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary. Amen. Amen. How am I going to survive this crazy world? Grace and faith. Grace Amen. and faith. Amen. Amen. What a blessing it is. Amen. Judges chapter 6. Of course, we understand that uh, the children of Israel have a, a little cycle going on in their lives. They, they turn from the Lord and, and then they uh, get beat up and then they turn back to the Lord and uh, Lord always sends somebody to deliver them. That's, but every, the trouble is every man's doing that which is right in his own eyes. Right. All right. And so, if you will, let's look in Judges chapter 6 tonight, verse 1. It says, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hands of Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel, and because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them dens which are in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. And so it was, when Israel had sown, that the Midianites came up, and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. And they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth till, the, till, thou, uh, till thou come unto Gaza, and left no substance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor ass, for uh, they came up with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitudes. Uh, for both they and their camels were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was, made, was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt, and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hands of all that oppress you and drove, drove you or drove you uh, them and drove them out from before you and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. And then came an angel of the Lord and sent under an oak which was in Orpha. Uh, that pertaineth to Joash the Abrazite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midians, and the, <clears throat> from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto them and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all the miracles which our fathers told of us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? And now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh. And I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest uh, with me. And depart not hence till I, uh, 
I pray thee until I come to thee and bring forth a present and set it before thee. And he said, I will tarry till thou come. And then, of course, Gideon made uh, uh, a, 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 a goat and some uh, unleavened bread and uh, some flesh and all that and put it in a basket and brought it out. And uh, you know the story of how the angel said put it on the rock and, uh, and then he just touched it and it went up in flame. And what a great story it is there. Uh, but it's a great truth here. Uh, but I want you to look back at verse 13. We'll draw our text from this, this portion of Scripture. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then has all this befallen us? Lord, if you're with us, why are we in the situation we're in? Lord, as a matter of fact, tell me why this is happening to us. Do you, do you really believe we deserve this? Do you really think that, you know, this is going to be beneficial for us? And then he says something here. He says, not only why then has all this befallen us, and where be all the miracles? Where be all the miracles which our fathers told us about? You see, that's my question to us tonight. Where be all the miracles? Where be all the miracles? Gideon wants to know where all the great God-given victories that they had seen in the past. I mean, it already been told how God had brought them out of Egypt. And you know the, 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 the miracles of Egypt. You know that... Uh, God sent a man by the name of Moses and, and he said uh, to Pharaoh, you better let my children go. And uh, Pharaoh, being the king that he was, said, uh, I am God here. You take a hike, little boy. He knew who Moses was. He'd heard about Moses. But he also knew that Moses, my dear friends, was a was murderer. And I'm not paying any attention to you. You don't, you don't scare me one bit. You, you, can't, you can't make me let you go, and I'm not going to let you go. How do you think I'm going to build all I'm going to build if I let you go? But notice, if you will, that in the midst of this depressing time, look what it says in verse 11. It says, And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which is an orpha. And it says that, his son Gideon threshed wheat by the wine press. Now, by the wine press. Now, notice why? To hide it from the Midianites. It was harvest time, and, and I know Gideon was looking forward to a, a bountiful harvest, but he knew that, hey, the Midianites were on their way, and so what did he do? He pretended that he was down at the wine press. Uh, he was trying to deceive them, trying to hide what he was doing from them, and yet, you know what? We see that God uses one thing. God always has a wine press for his people. He always knows how to press us. He, he, you say, well, Brother Rader, they weren't pressed, they were oppressed. Well, sometimes God has to really because of hard-headedness and, and worldliness and all that. As a matter of fact, if you notice that uh, Gideon really was doubting God, Gideon was really, as he raised these questions, where be the miracles? 
that we've heard about from our fathers. Tell me, where they, why, why are they not uh, in our day? Why are we living like we are living, scared to death, running from the enemy, hiding ourselves, when we are the children of God? You tell me, Lord, why? You ever ask that question? Lord, why is this happening to me? What, what's the problem? Well, notice if you will, I want to give you uh, Gideon's favorite word. Look down in verse 13, what he said. And Gideon said, if the Lord be with us. Now look again in verse 17, what he said. And he said unto him, if now I have found, uh, if now I have found grace in thy sight. Look if you will down in verse number 36, what he says here. He says, and Gideon said unto God, if thou will save Israel by my hand. Here's a Gideon's great word, if. If. You know what, that, that, when you say if, it's a word of doubt, of question. It's a doubt of uh, maybe uh, not fully understanding what's trying to go on here. And so Gideon, my dear friends, when God squeezed uh, Israel, uh, the only thing Gideon can say is, if, Lord, uh, you're with us. Where, where's the power? If you, Lord, <coughs> are, are the God of, that you say you are, why are we here? I want you to know tonight that, my dear friends, where be all the miracles that we heard about? I, I'll take a step further. Where be all the miracles that Victory Baptist Church has experienced? Hmm? You see, it, it, it's got to be a personal matter. And that's really what God's getting to here. Get in. Uh, I want you to know something. This is kind of personal. Well, what were some of the hindrances of, of the miracles? What prevented the miracles from coming? What prevented God from working? You know, there was a time when Jesus did just a few simple miracles. Why? Because of the unbelief of the people. Well, look, if you will, I'll give you some things tonight that hindered the miracles from coming. You know, a miracle is something that you can't explain any other way than that was of God. That's what a miracle is. When Moses parted the Red Sea, everybody looked back and said, uh, look what God did. They didn't say, boy, look what Moses did. They said, look what God did. When Joshua, my dear friends, was in battle and the sun stood still for almost a day, everybody looked around and said, boy, look what God's done. He's given us daylight to get this great victory. What hinders us from seeing the miracles? What, do you, what hinders you from seeing miracles in your own life? You see, the reason I'm, I'm saying that is because I'm asking me that same question. What hinders us from seeing the miracles. Well, if you look in verse 1, we see one reason, and that was Israel's apostasy brings them to servitude. Huh? Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Now look back in verse 31 of chapter 5. It says, Let all thine enemies perish, O Lord, but let uh, them that love him be as a son when it goeth, uh, goeth forth in his might. And the land had rest forty years. Forty years of rest. 
Now, Israel has followed the pattern that they always followed. They, they, when they get in trouble, they whine and they complain. They cry unto God, and God in his grace and God in his mercy delivers them. And, and, and the way he delivers them is he always brings a, a judge or, or a savior as, it, as they are declared or a deliverer as, as it's spoken of. <clears throat> and these men that are, are right with God, walking with God, living for God, and being able to fight for God, you know what they do? They deliver them. But you know what the heart of the matter is? Is that the people just simply didn't believe God. That's the trouble. They didn't believe him. You say, well, how do you know they didn't believe him, Brother Ritter? I'll tell you why they didn't believe him. Because they started doing what? Worshiping other gods. Oh, you can talk about all you want about how much you believe God and how much you love God. But the proof of the pudding is in the fact that, hey, whom do I serve? Oh, you see, the servitude that they faced was because of their own own lack of commitment to the Lord, their own own desire was was that, hey, we're going to do what we want. You're not going to tell me, preacher, what I can do and what I can do. And I'm not going to try to tell you what you can do and what you can't do. But I'll tell you one thing, God will tell you. And when he gets through beating the stuff inside of you, I won't have to say a word. Now I'm not trying to be mean tonight. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be right, truthful and forthright with you in the simple fact that you know what? Where be all the miracles? Why is all this befallen us? I'll tell you why. Because maybe, maybe somewhere in your life there there's a, a room or a little space that is not dedicated to God. Is not is not what God wants. But notice not only are the. the Israel's turning from the Lord brought them to servitude, but notice they faced a strong enemy. Look in verse 2. And the hand of, of Midian. <clears throat> now you understand that Midian, the Midianites were the sons of Abraham by Keturah, his, uh, his uh, concubine. Or his wife after Sarah passed away, then uh, Abraham remarried and uh, you know, and uh, raised up children there. And so this is the group. So really, you know, you see here it says in verse 2, And the Midianites prevailed against Israel, and because the Midianites, the children of Israel, made them dens, uh, which are in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. You know what they were doing? They were simply running for their lives. <clears throat> they, were, they were scared to death. You know what Midianite, you know what Midian or a Midianite means? It means strife, brawling, contentious people. They are, they are, uh, uh, they're, they're argumentative people. They're people that create strife and, and all this. And so their enemy is one of, of strife and brawling and, and just being a contentious person. And then it says not only that, it says the Midianites, uh, they were stout, they prevailed uh, in verse 2. If you look there, it says uh, that they prevailed against, in the uh, first part of the verse, they prevailed. The idea is that they were strong and hardened. They, they, they would do whatever it takes. You know, what, you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of what took place on October the 7th, the mosque. That's the kind of people that Israel's dealing with here. And then it says, not only that, but look in verse 3, it says that, and there were the children of the east, the Arabians. Mm. They were just natural enemies of Israel. 
they didn't really have anything maybe uh, totally against Israel, but they just didn't like them because they said they were God's people. You see, what you're going to face tonight is you're going to face the uh, Midianites, you're going to face the Amalekites, you're going to face uh, the enemies of God, and you're going to have to do what? The world, the flesh, and the devil, my dear friends, is going to try to defeat you, and as they did here, they're, they're not only going to try to defeat you, but they're going to try to oppress you, and they're going to try to destroy you. Right. Why? Why? Because it says here that they invaded the land. Now, when did they invade the land? They didn't invade the land in the midst of the wintertime. They invaded it when the crops were ready. When everything was uh, fat and everything was kind of lazy and everything, everybody was busy trying to maybe get ready for the harvest. And, and uh, it, it was a time of plenty and a bountifulness. And they came by the thousands, maybe even the millions. And their whole purpose was, let's annihilate God's people. You see, the enemy that they faced, it was a real enemy. I think sometimes God's people think, you know, we're not in a real war. I want you to know something tonight. You and I are in a war. We're in a war for the souls of men. We're in the war for what's right. We're in a, hey, if, if people in our government today have their way, I want you to know something that, you know what, you won't be able to buy a Bible between here and hell. You see, Israel, because of the enemy and because of their turning from the Lord, we find that in verse 3 and 4, we find that Israel was powerless. It says they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth till thou, uh, they came to, unto Gaza and left no substance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor ass. In other words, the, they, they were destroying and taking, confiscating everything that would bring about life. You see, sin has, uh, has removed God's power from the children of Israel. You see, the Israel, because of the rest for 40 years, had become content. They'd become content in the worldliness that they, they were facing. They were complacent in the fact that, yeah, well, you know, Brother Red, I know that, you know, we, we aren't serving God like we should, but, you know, things really aren't that bad. And you know what? That's exactly what's happened in America in the past 50 years. Well, you know, you know, I mean, when I was a boy, I, I remember in the day that John F. Kennedy got killed in Dallas, Texas. I was in the fourth grade. I was on the playground. And it came over the loudspeaker that, that President Kennedy had been shot and, and was dead. And you know what? He was my president. I didn't know anything about him. I didn't really care anything about him. I was just a little boy. I was more interested in playing ball than I was about politics. But you know what? That good life, that good life that we've had is, my dear friends, in threat now. And you know what we do? We, we worry about it. We fret about it. But what are we going to do about it? Oh, I say to you tonight, Israel was powerless. Why? Because they were willing to live a defeated life. The fear of man, Solomon says, brings a snare. 
But whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be saved. I want you to know something tonight, my dear friend, that no matter how strong the enemy is, no how powerless we seem to think we are, I want you to know something, that we do serve a God that's still in the miracle-making business. Well, if we've got this here hindrances and these preventions to the miracles, then let's notice a preparation to see uh, how we can have some miracles. Something that God, we can look back and say, God did that. God's done that. How can we really do that? Well, look in verse 6 what it says. It says, And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel, uh-oh, here we go again. Here they go again. Cried unto the Lord. Oh, they did it their way. And when their way was an utter failure, you know what happened? They pleaded with the Lord. Take you back to September the 11th when those planes hit the towers. I'll tell you what, people flocked to the church like it was like they had nothing, nothing better to do. But the further we got away from the devastation and, the, and all that was associated with that day, you know what, pretty soon, everybody went right back to their old way. I want you to know something tonight. You know what? Israel pleaded with the Lord during verse 6. They cried. And you know, aren't you glad tonight that you have a God that no matter how much we blow it and how much we turn away from him, you know what, it, it, as the psalmist says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But oh, my dear friend, when you turn in humility and you turn in grace and you turn and you, you get things and you start confessing things and getting them right with God, God says, I hear that. You see, what's the need tonight? Not in Washington, D.C., but in Augusta County and, and Victor Baptist Church, there needs to be some pleading with God. There needs to be some, some, some times when we say, Lord, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't understand why this has fallen. <laughs> I don't know where the miracles are, but Lord, I know one thing, that if it's my fault, if it's me, I want, I want you to do something. I want you to show me what I can do to turn things back. I want to get right with you, Lord. <clears throat> but notice, if you will, when they began to plead, and they began to pray, and they began to cry, and they began to beg God, Look at his response. Look what it says in verse 7. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel. Oh, man, another preacher, just what we needed. Don't you, Lord, don't you have anybody else that you could send besides this guy? That's the way a lot of people feel about it. You said you wanted help? Here's the person that's going to help you. He's not your enemy. He loves you. He cares for you. 
and he wants the best for you. God sent a prophet to them. And notice the, the message that the prophet gave. It said, <coughs> which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt. I brought you, what? You forth out of the house of bondage. He's reminding them that, hey, I delivered you from the slave market of sin. I delivered you. But you know what? You know what? I got in appreciation of that. I got that you turned away from me and said, thank you, Lord, but I'll do it my way. And so here's the first thing that always happens when God begins to answer our, our cry and our plea is that he reminds us where they got off. He reminds them, hey, here's the point that you stopped coming to me. And from that point, it was all backwards and downhill for you. It's a reminder that, hey, you know what happened. Now what are you going to do about it? Notice not only that, it says in verse number 9, it says, And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of, the, of all, the, all, all, all that oppressed you. God not only tells them, he reminds them of the, of the past in the simple fact that, hey, uh, I, I'm the one that did the work. I'm the one that delivered you. But he also re reminded them that he was the source of their victory. Isn't it amazing how we as God's children, we begin to think after a while, boy, look what I've done. Man, look at that, boy, I'm, I'm really something, ain't I? Boy, I'm just, I'm just so proud of me. And all the time, the Lord's standing there looking at you saying, what'd you do? I did the work. I just used you. Hmm. You, you see, there's got to be a reminder that every good thing that I have, Every good thing that has ever happened to me is because of the mercy and the grace and the, and the goodness and the peace of God that he has given to me because I know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. But then notice something else here, if you will. Notice in, in verse number 12, notice he not only sent him a preacher because they really, you know, kind of, <clears throat> well, we'll tolerate him, but can, you got anybody else, Lord? Look at verse 12, or verse 11. And there came an angel of the Lord, and he sat under an oak, which is an Ophah. And while he was there, he's sitting there, he, he came to who? He came to Gideon. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. Boy, I bet that was a shock. You say, Brother Ray, you believe angels still uh, working today? Yeah, I've got, I've got some, and I know they're tired. Hmm? God probably had to send a whole company for me because of the way I am, <laughs> you know. Angels. But if you notice, this is just not an angel. This is the angel of the Lord. You read on down in our text that the Lord looked upon him in verse 14. This is, this is really a pre-incarnate of Jesus Christ. I'll come back to that in a little bit. 
But you see, notice what the angel says. The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. I bet old, old Gideon said, ha <laughs> me? You talking, you talking to me? I, you, <laughs> hey, I'm down here by the threshing floor. I'm not out there on the threshing floor. I'm down here by the wine press because I fear what's going to happen when they find out what I've got. Uh, a mighty man of valor? Aren't you glad tonight that God can see you for what you are really worth? Mighty man of valor. Oh, oh, as a matter of fact, he says, uh, you know, in verse 14, the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thou might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? Oh, Gideon, you, you know what the trouble is? Because we get beat down by sin, because we, we live with our failures, we, we just simply refuse to, to trust God and to mix faith in God and God's ability and what God can do with us and do through us. I want you to know something tonight that Paul said, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for God is, uh, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do His good pleasure. Oh, I'm so glad tonight that you know what God says. Hey, I know what I can make you. I know what you're capable of. I know what you're going to do. Why? Not because of who you are, but because of who I am. I am with you. That ought to settle it. But Gideon, the wimp that he was, and if he was a wimp, what about me and you? Because the last time I checked, my name wasn't written in Hebrews chapter 11. His is. <laughs> you see, we see here tonight that, that, that God declares a view of Gideon, thou man of valor, and yet uh, Gideon really, it, it, here's the trouble. Gideon said, I'm a mighty man. He wasn't a mighty man in the minivan, was he? He was a mighty man. <laughs> Kenny's a mighty man in the minivan. <laughs> you know? But, but really his trouble was, oh, you say, well, Brother Raider, he had a low self-image. Well, I'm sure he did. You say, well, Brother Raider, he just, he just wasn't thinking positive. I'm sure he wasn't. Why? Here's the reason. His heart wasn't where it should be. And when I allowed the devil, the world, and the flesh to defeat me, you know what it is? It's just a simple matter of the heart. You say, what do you mean, Brother Raider? I think really Gideon's Confidence was in himself and not in God. Where be all the miracles? Gideon, you left God and God let you wallow in your misery. But notice, if you will, the enabling of the servant of God here. 
God's promised him, I'm with you. Notice in verse 14, and the Lord looked upon him and said, go in this thou might. <laughs> I'm not a mighty man. <laughs> you must be talking to someone else, Lord, not me. Let, me. let me share with you some things that I believe that the reason the angel, the Lord Jesus, told him to go in his might. First of all, I believe it's really hard to see that Gideon had any might to go in. But the angel of the Lord, I don't believe, was really mocking Gideon when he told him this, go in this uh, might of yours. Gideon had the might of the humble. He had the might of a humble man. Threshing wheat on the wine press floor. He was humble. Not only was he humble, but he had a might of the caring. Because he cared how a whole lot about the low place that Israel was. And then we see not only that, but Gideon had the might of knowledge because he knew that God had done great things in the past. And the trouble with us is, is that we live in the past. Look what God has done back there. Look what God did for me here. Look what God has done in the past. But what about today? What about tomorrow? Do you really expect God to do a miracle today? To do a miracle tomorrow? Our trouble is that we, we get content. Life is good. Life doesn't have any burden. Don't worry, there's a few coming. But Gideon had the might of knowledge because he knew God had done great things in the past. But Gideon had the might of the spiritually hungry because he really wanted to see God do some great works again. I can imagine, and this is my sanctified, I hope it's sanctified imagination. Old Gideon down there at the wine press, he's, you know, threshing wheat, threshing barley, whatever he is threshing, and, and he's standing there saying, Lord... You know, boy, I don't understand all this. Why, why do I have to do this here? Why can't I do that over at the threshing floor where everybody can see the bounty and the blessings and we can have a great time? And Lord, I just don't understand all this. Lord, it's really getting on my nerves being down here by myself. And you get that old, you know, I'm the only one doing anything for God complex like Elijah. You see, Gideon... Had a spiritual hunger. Do I really have spiritual hunger? Do I really want to see God do something? Do I really want to see God do something? Or am I just going to ride easy street? You know, I was reading about King Hezekiah this morning. And you know, old Hezekiah was a mighty man of God. He was. I wish I could pray like old Hezekiah could. But Hezekiah was sick unto death and he turned his face to the wall and he began to pray and God told Elijah, go back and tell, tell King Hezekiah, I'm going to give him 15 more years. I'm going to give him 15 more years. The sad part of it was God kept his end of the bargain and Hezekiah didn't do a thing with it. Where be all the miracles? Oh, you see, Gideon had the might of a teachable spirit. But not only that, he had a, 
Gideon had the might of the weak. You say might of the weak. Yeah, W-E-A-K, weak. God's strength is always perfect in weakness. <laughs> Gideon, you're a mighty man. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, well, that's debatable, Lord. We'll see, won't we? Well, Gideon, you, you know what? You're going to beat these people. I'm with you. You're going to beat them. And you know the story of Gideon with the 300? Uh, he had some 32,000 men. And I can imagine old Gideon saying, boy, we're going to give them a good fight today. And God said, oh, no, 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 no. You're going to have to send some of these boys home because they're a bunch of cowards. Their heart's not in it, Gideon, and they, they'll do you more harm than they'll do you good. Okay, Lord, well, well, what do you want me to do? Well, take them down and give them a little test. You know, if they, if they drink like a dog, just get down on all fours and lap the water. Uh, you know, hey, you know what you do? Uh, you send them boys home. If they, if they grab the water and, and the cup of their hand, bring it up to their face, and they're looking all the time they're drinking, he said, them's the man you want. Well, I can imagine old Gideon said, oh boy, that's going to be good. But the trouble was, when he got done with all that, there was 10,000 left. And, and you know what? Uh, 9,700 of them, uh, they got down like a bunch of dogs and drank because they were thirsty. And the 300 did this. Oh, my stars. Lord, come on now. You know I can't do this. That's the point, Gideon. I can't, you can't, but I can. And he gave them a good whooping. I mean, he did. He gave him a good whooping. All right, let's close with this. I've got to hurry. Where's the starting place of miracles? If where be all the miracles, then how can I get started to see some of God's miracles? Look down, verse 17. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Oh, Lord, really, how can, I, how can I be this mighty man of valor? How can I go in the, the might that you say I have? I believe, first of all, when you see verse 17, I believe Gideon's really having a plea for, Lord, help thou my unbelief. Lord, help me to believe you. I believe Gideon really was developing his weak faith. Where does, where does faith come from? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's the only place you're going to get faith. You see, really, how do you develop a, a great faith in God? But how can you turn a weak faith around? Well, let me illustrate that. Let's go back to Genesis 12. Abram, yes, yes, Lord, get thee out of your country. Get away from me, mom and dad. Get away from, from your family and go where I tell you to go. I'm going to make of you a great nation. He goes home and tells Miss Sarah this. <laughs> We're going to do what? Who told you? What God? You understand? They'd serve many gods. Uh, Jehovah told me. He's the real God. He's the living God. He's the right God. 
Well, Abraham, where are we going? I don't know, but he told us to go and he'd show me. You see, our trouble is, is that we want to see the proof before we step out by faith. You see, Abraham did one thing. When God said go, what did Abraham do? He went. That's obedience. Obedience is still the very best way to what? Be happy in Jesus. Obeying the word of God. Obeying what God says. You see, as James said, be doers of the word of God and not hearers only. Brethren, let me say to us tonight that there, what we need to do is we need to practice what we believe and practice what we preach and we need to, we need to be on fire and alive for God. Obedience to the word of God. Obedience to the will of God. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. That's what Paul told the Ephesian believers. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Hey, God's not going to show you the end until you start. And I can illustrate that in my own life and in the life of this church. In, in two years, I put down 13 contracts on land. And Stanley Bishop and Bishop Realty told me, he said, Brother Redder, I'm sorry, but I don't have any more. He said, every one of them fell through. And I said, well, okay. About two hours later, he called me and said, listen, I got one piece of ground. I'm, I may be able to get you a piece of some property off of it if you'll meet me out there in the morning. When I pulled down there in that sign there, over there at, at, at the trucking company, and I got out and walked up, up through there with, across that field, field with, with Stanley Bishop. As sure as I'm standing here today, the Lord said, this is where I want you. Now, he didn't speak to me in an audible voice, but that inner wooing of the Spirit of God said, this is where I want you. And I looked at him and said, I can, I can probably get you about three and a half acres in here off of it. And like a dummy, I said okay to it. I should have bought a whole kit and caboodle, 20 acres of it. It was $111,000. I was just out of my reach. But anyway, we paid about forty-five for the first three and a half. But you know what? You know how much money we had in the bank? We could put down $100. But God said do it. This is where I want you. And all we could afford was $100. And I, we went back, I went back to church on Sunday and said, hey, you know what? We, we got an opportunity to buy a piece of property. And, and, I, and I said, it's three and a half. You told them where it was at. And, and some, everybody said, hey, oh, I know where that's at. Hey, I knew where it was at. I drove by it for a year or more or two years almost uh, looking at it every day. My wife, every time we come out, said, you know, that'd make a good place for church. And I'd say, yeah, it would. What I want you to see is, is that, yeah, faith sometimes means that you've got to step out. It's not, a leap in the, it's not a leap in the dark, but it's just a, a fact that you have to step out and say, okay, Lord, I know this is what you want, and I'm going to do it. Obedience. But then we see, and I don't have time to develop it in verse 18, Gideon not only 
develops a weak faith, but Gideon worships and tries to worship the Lord. And I don't have time to develop that. He, he worshiped the Lord. You know what? Let me ask you a question tonight. What hinders your worship? What hinders your worship? You see, you're never going to see God do anything great in your life when you're not right with God or you're not right with the brethren. And that's the trouble with us. We get content. The heart's not where it should be. The faith is not what it should be. We see in verse 22 through 24, we see that Gideon perceived that he was talking to the Lord. He perceived that this wasn't just an angel. This was God himself. This was the Lord Jesus. And I don't have time to develop that. Where be all the miracles? Where be the miracle in your life? You know the greatest miracle of all? The miracle of salvation. Most of us here have experienced that. But if you haven't, my dear friend, I want you to know something. You're just going to have to step out by faith and trust the Lord. You'll never understand it fully. I've been saved for over 50 years, and I fully don't understand all of it. I read about it, and I stand in amazement of what Jesus Christ did for me, what he's did for the world. And yet... He came unto his own, and his own turned the back on him. They laugh at him. They mock at him. But it takes faith to see God work. Moses, just stand still and see what I do. That's what God told him. I want you to know something. When I'm right in relationship, I'm right in fellowship. The greatest miracle that I can face and have is the peace of God. Father, bless our time together tonight. Speak to hearts as only you can. And Lord, may we love you tonight. May we, Lord, tonight be able to, Lord, uh, say, let me tell you about the great things God has done in my life. And Father, you have your will and way. You, Lord, lead us. And yes, Lord, we do need some miracles. We need miracles of the heart. We need miracles of faith and miracles of obedience. And I pray that you'll speak to hearts as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand, if you will. We're going to sing number 485, if you will. Number 485, have thine own way, Lord. Listen, if you're not saved, Brother Lane will be down front. He'll be glad to take the Bible and share and answer your question. And as a child of God tonight, where be your miracles? Why has all this befallen us? You're the ones that got to answer, not me, as we sing.
having his way in your life? How's your heart tonight? Is it what it should be with the Lord? If God was to speak to you tonight, would you hear him? Would you be submissive and would you be humble as Gideon was? Do you have that desire for God to do something? Do you have that hungering and thirsting? Have Our Father, we thank you for your word. I pray tonight, Lord, we'd be able to answer that question, where be all the miracles? Where be all the miracles that our forefathers told us about? Where be all the miracles of salvation, of surrendered lives? That's all God was asking from Gideon. Just surrender to me. Lord, I pray you'd help us to be obedient. And Lord, may we love you more than we love life itself. And we'll love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you tonight. Amen.